All right, uh, top five stories today coming up. One story that didn't make the cut. Team USA wins today over Italy uh, after having lost to Lithuania. Is they not have the story, the score in the game anywhere in here? It's pretty one-sided, right? A lot to not a lot. There you go. So Team USA will get the winner of the Germany-Latvia game. In semifinal in the semifinals on Friday, I'm guessing uh, U.S. Open tennis is not in our top five. It is not, but I don't know. Are you a Coco Golf stan? I don't know, Josh Helmer, how it's supposed to be getting later in this tournament, but yet I feel like it's still on more channels than could possibly. <laughs> be uh, programmed on ESPN+. Plus. you got to win three more to go well, win this thing. I mean, I turned I tour about 163 was the final score. You, Team USA this morning. Take but that, it, Lithuania. But at the U.S. Open, to open, up the, open up the ESPN app any time of the day. Court one, court one quarterfinal, semifinal, court two, quad view. There's a lot of tennis going like, on. Oh, my gosh. How do I turn off this option? This is as bad as whenever I'll open it up and it's like uh, Lithuania versus Bosnia in a handball game. No, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that'll bet on it, but I don't know why I'm getting a suggestion on ESPN+. Plus. Got to work on that ESPN+. Plus. So that's the, uh, that's the two stories that didn't make the cut. U.S. Open in this. And then uh, just a couple of other quick texts that have just popped into the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh Gunny writes, a lot to not a lot. That sounds like the can that sounds like my um mind altering consumption compared to most others. <laughs> Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. I'll cha- I- I'll challenge you on that, Gunny. Could you imagine me walking in here? It's like, whoa. Bro, there's like two TVs in here. Duke and Elko. Whoa. Which running back is best at pass protection? Whoever that is. We'll get the most snaps Saturday with the blitz-happy defense. That's from Clinton Tulsa. Who do you think is? Seems like Marcus Major was doing it, and Tywee Walker. I think Tywee Walker would be one because, my goodness, did he plant some dude the other day. Yeah. But I don't – I mean, again, I'm. that's just my very untrained eye on I it. love watching him run. He's just – He's just a little bowling ball of butcher blades, Yeah, man. He, he's a, a punisher out there. Uh, Kendall Wright. All right, so if Plank wants to Grinch about the heat on the sidelines, I'll be happy to take his job. I'm not Grinching about the heat. I'm making an observation. When people say, was that hot? Like, yeah, it was hot. I was trying not to die. I don't know how that's Grinching. It's me doing my job. Plank can Grinch. Plus, Kendall, you'd be trying to get autographs during the game. We can't have that. You've got to be a professional when you're yeah. doing sideline stuff. I can't have that. Plank can Grinch. He's not built for this. Dude, I am not built for heat. But I, I will agree with Jason Ferris, and what he said, I was out, at, and it was not, dude, it was nice on Saturday morning. It was really nice on Saturday morning. But I was out in it, and it didn't bother me as much. Get out in it early, and then you're hydrate. You're good to go. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. All right, we got to hustle. Top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino. I-44, exit 107. Check them out online at newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. Is this break time that Drake sent us, is this flexible? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I would. let me see. I said one, three. Yeah. yeah, we're good. Okay, we're, we're okay, good. We just got to we just got to be hustle. out by the press conference, right? I believe so. All right, big story number five. There is exciting news percolating in Norman. Team Norman is going to unveil a proposed one billion dollar entertainment district. The new. Entertainment District, according to, let's see, this report is from the OU Daily, is set to be announced by a group of city and university leaders during the Norman Economic Development Coalition's annual State of the Economy breakfast on Wednesday. Holy smokes. Can you say that one more time? 
the Norman Economic Development Coalition's annual State of the Economy Breakfast on Wednesday. There's a lot going on in there, man. Hey, welcome everyone to the uh, Norman Economic <laughs> Development Coalition's State of the Economy annual breakfast. Welcome. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lot to uh, say. Team Norman described the district as a mixed-used development that would include a multi-purpose performance venue, which from what I've understood in these conversations in the past would become the new home for OU men's, women's, uh, men's and women's basketball and OU women's gymnastics. To, uh, the development would also unveil new retail shops, restaurant bars, offices, a hotel, and housing for thousands. We are getting a little scoop on this today, so we'll be able to share it for you tomorrow. Very interesting. Mm, I don't really know. The breakfast well at 8 a.m. Yeah, it'll be out by the time we get back on the air tomorrow. But I, uh, I think this one has a little bit of juice because this one says a group of city and university leaders. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that's not University North Park leaders. <laughs> what would that look like? The, the top man over at Hideaway? Top person at Target? I don't know. I would assume that's the University of Oklahoma, right? Owner of Crumble. Crumble is here. As the, as the university leader, University North Park, I'm here to tell you that we're, uh, we're in. But no, I, I would think that, oh, wow, President Joseph Harris being a part of this. Oh, the stars are out. Would tend to indicate that OU Athletics is going, and OU period, is going to be behind this. And there's some juice. I can tell you that there, there had been, I don't want to say hesitation, but just from a what was it? I uh, from a public perception. Yeah, I don't know how front facing Oklahoma had been in its support or uh, in the recent months. Now it sounds like if Joseph Harris is in, that means OU is in, and that's a big deal. In December of last year, Team Norman and OU Athletics revived conversations about a new entertainment district. That 2017 was when the city of Norman had the project create a similarly described new entertainment district that would have housed OU basketball. But I that was the one that got voted down. Yep. There you go. I can't believe that's been six years. Wow. So we'll learn more about it. We're going to get a little snapshot today, but there is the – And it'll be, it'll be finished in six years. That's right. <laughs> By the time you guys vote this in, I don't know if it's going to be taken to a public vote or not. Sounds like it would only need to be – Approved by the city council, but I'm gonna pre. I'm just gonna tell you right now. I am so dumb when it comes to that stuff. So I'll try to get learned up today. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> significant. Big story number four. Number four, as it typically does on a Monday, the OU football team announced its per uh, its captains for the upcoming weekend. Whenever Oklahoma takes on SMU. Now, let's see. I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head from last week. Let's see how it goes. Last week it was Drake Stoops, Jonah Laula. I think that's all I've got from last week. <laughs> I think that's all I can remember from last week. I, tr- I got pretty close. I got two. Oh, uh, what, Woody? Stutzman? Come on, dude. Come on, I, I can figure this out before you look it up. No, I'm going to figure it out before you look it up. No, Woody wasn't last week. Woody is this week. Son of a bee. All right. Anyway. Captains. Yeah, here you go. Here's this week's. I'll quit trying to think about who last week's was. Dylan Gabriel, Walter Rouse, Andrew Rame, Jonah Lula, and Woody Washington. So, pretty good group of peeps there. Carryover, Captains. Let's, oh, I got. I can't remember who did. I thought Lula was last week. I know you'd have to scroll so far to find. No, no, out. no. I'm doing it right now. We're doing this together. All we're, right. We're, we're doing do it live. We're doing this as a family, and don't even try to text me. I've closed the text line. Put it on the prompter, and I'll write it and I'll read it. Don't you even text me and anyone be like, "Hey, don't you remember?" Here were the okay. So here were the captains from last. Week. <laughs> oh, we made it. <laughs> we actually, we actually got here. 
So last week, okay, Lula was not a captain last week. <laughs> that, that didn't take as much <laughs> filibustering as I thought it might. It was, it was Billy Bowman, Justin Harrington, McCade Matar, Drake Stoops, and Danny Stutzman. See, so, I got two of them. So totally different. Totally different, yeah, no carryovers. I'm going to write that down in my football notebook so we don't have to go digging again for it. Big story number three. Number three. Just screenshot. A couple oh, of screenshots for you. It's a good call, too. Unfortunately, I was scrolling on my laptop, and trying to screenshot on my laptop is literally like a 20-minute process. command three. Oh, but if you do that, then you've got to go, and then you've got to edit, edit it down. Yeah, you've got to save thing. it. <laughs> oh, it was quite a performance last night from the Duke Blue Devils, was it not? As they took care of business in getting their first win over a top-10 opponent since they beat Clemson in 89. Here's the snap. The gift to Moore running right. Chase into the edge, inside the five, and he's in! Touchdown! Jacquez Moore with his first of the season, and it's 19-7 with 10.33 to go. Oh, baby. Woo! Let's party, Cameron Crazies. I can't remember if this was first. Yeah, this was first. First and goal, Klubnik from the shotgun. Takes the snap. Moffa again. Lost it again! And it's scooped up by the Blue Devils! Headed the other way. 20, 40, across midfield! And finally brought down as he got to the 30-yard line! It's Jalen Stinson who came out of there with it! Man, that's uh, that's pretty good. Pretty by the good way, inside the broadcast. Booth. Yeah, it was a great call. Speaking of uh, mistakes that we must correct, incorrect, Josh Helmer, uh, Drake's, uh, Drake Dyken did not pick Duke last night. Uh, he actually had Clemson at his, as his lock. Oh, no. Sorry, Drake. 28-7, to Duke, you heard me right, knocks off Clemson. And afterwards, well, let's just say Dabo was not very happy. Oh, come on. And an incredibly disappointing loss. Um, that's honestly all my years of football. I, I've never been a part of a game like that, ever. Um, and been here at Clemson a long time. Since I've been the head coach, we were 58-0 when we rushed for 200 and passed for 200. Uh, that's usually a pretty good indicator. And I think in, in Clemson history, we were 108-0. Never lost, ever. You know, but you got to finish. you got to finish. That's crazy. What a stat. What a stat. Two missed field goals, right? It's kind of like the panic over Texas Tech, too. If you make one of those two field goals, you're probably in pretty good shape if you're Tech. But, but you didn't. But two missed field goals for Clemson, a couple of turnovers. Boy, those fumbles. Eek. Costly. Very, very reminiscent of TCU's performance. I saw our man uh, Bill Connolly, who, of course. Uh, Nerd! Polar- yeah, pol- polarizing guy. Like but him, uh, Duke. Uh, last year was right up there with USC and a handful of others that were the quote-unquote luckiest in the turnover department. That's right. And so uh, their fortunes were set to reverse this season. Well, (laughs) think again. Think again. Uh, As you might imagine, Duke wins it 28-7. Clemson takes the loss. Week one is in the books. What a scene last night. That was uh, cool. That was big time. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, We have Monday press conferences. Across college football, uh, Jim Harbaugh dropped this doozy. There's no offense. There's no defense. It's it's a wee fence. It's a wee fence. Why is he the way that he is? I want to like Jim Harbaugh, but it's, why is he got to say something like that? Then there was Deion Sanders. I mean, I, I, I guess whatever it takes to create a little extra motivation, he did that. This is from the Pat McAfee Show. The reason he was so intense and just so relaxed and ready not only did he study but when we went to a camp of a certain school and a certain coordinator we just played against he's an offensive coordinator he was at that school and we went to this school of camp and he didn't pay him no attention i don't even think he barely spoke to him he just pushed him off to the side and i I went and told somebody i say man that ain't a way to treat him now that's not right that's not right and he remembered that and he told me Probably 20 minutes after the little situation happened, he said, Dad, we'll never come back here again. And because of the way that coach treated him. That's why I tell my guys, you be careful on these visits because these kids watch everything and be careful how you treat them because you never know what they're going to come up to be. And he dissected and he wanted to beat that guy so bad that he just went to work. So Shador Sanders got done blowed off by Kendall Bryles, what, maybe on an Arkansas trip then? Is that what we'll have to assume? 
Yeah, it would seem so. Either that or there is that slight chance that maybe they didn't realize that he was there. They didn't realize that Garrett Riley had moved on to Clemson. He's like, oh, my bad. It's like Mike Gundy's press conference yesterday. Did you hear Mike Gundy yesterday? Oh, it was great. This guy, I mean, I I don't I get it. He's an Oklahoma State guy and he hates Oklahoma and, and all that stuff. But I don't even know that he really hates OU. It's just kind of part of the shtick and kind of part of the job. Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm not haven't gotten used to it yet. Uh it's and it, it's gonna take a while. Uh, and I, I hate to admit this, but I was in there chewing the offense's ass out, the offensive staff, and I said, I'm just telling you, when, when, when we play TCU, it's going to be the same way if they do this. And they said, Coach, we don't play TCU. And I said, if we play TCU, I mean, you know, and, that, and I, I was on a roll, you know what I'm saying? You remember when uh, uh, in Animal House when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Did you say over? <laughs> Good job, Eddie. Yeah, nice little editing job there. Did you say it was over? It's never over. Well, he's rolling. He's rolling. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Germans did bomb Pearl Harbor. Ali Maloney's rolling. <laughs> Classic. Uh, all right. Big story number two. Oh, I, number I, two. I, I saw you look at the log. So are we good? Are we okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Dude, okay. we're good. Okay, okay. Don't stress. I don't want to panic. NFL, do you, how are you feeling about Chris? Jones is he going to uh, play? I don't okay. know. Do, do you? I mean, I, I no. I've heard I, nothing. I don't think he's going to play. I've heard nothing. I think he's going to hold out for a substantial part of this season. Is what I think. Okay. Uh, Bill Belichick was asked about the improvement of Mac Jones. It's had a really solid uh, spring and camp. Very similar to what we talked about with Bourne. You know, out there every day, ready to go, uh, in in excellent physical condition, and has you know I'd say made a lot of improvement over the course of the spring and training camp and in reads, decision making, and timing. You know, getting more more work timing with the the guys he's thrown to. So, you know, he he seems like this, again similar we talked about with KB. Um, had a good camp, works hard, ready to go. Uh, looking forward to you know to the season here with Mac. And then there's this. Boy, we're off to a banner start in Vegas. In a series of since-deleted posts from his Instagram story, Chandler Jones shared screenshots of text messages that appeared to be addressed to head coach Josh McDaniels asking if the team brought him to Vegas to just play with him and saying it's not right to make him work out at a local gym rather than the team's facility. In other posts, Jones wrote that the team is trying to provoke him by barring him from the facility and claims that someone from the team reached out to the mother of his child despite the lack of a current relationship between him and the woman. Banner start to the season for the Raiders. Oh, my gosh. Not, uh, yeah, not good. I had just started to have a little bit of hope. Just a little Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. We're counting down to the Brent Venables press conference. So we do have to break here real quick before it throws, right? Or, or do you want to break into it? Yeah, no, yeah. We, okay. We, we got to break. Okay, Brent Venables press conference is coming up in exactly eight minutes and 22 seconds from now. What would we ask? We'll share it leading right into Coach next. Do you know that they're not putting this song on their new released albums? Like Queen, not, not bottom girls. Yep. The uh, not new released albums. What am I trying to say? Uh, they're like re-releasing some of their classics, like the Queen's greatest hits. They're not including this song. This know, classic. So weird. <sighs> Come on, guys. Everyone go woke. Well, and it's like it's <laughs> kidding. I'm, to, I'm joking. Stop. Yeah, do you tell them, Plank? This is the age of body positivity, Plank. This right. should be a more accepted song than ever before. If you have but one wish, if you have but one question for Brent Venables today as we get set to take you to the Brent Venables press conference live from Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, what would you ask? Where does this team need to improve? Oh, good one. Good one. Looked pretty good last week, but what have they identified that uh, they got to do better? Can always be better, Josh. If that's one thing I've learned from Brent Venables, it can always be better. What about for you? 
second or third game before Jackson Arnold's the starter coach. No, uh, I want to know health updates. They seem to be pretty positive on Drake Stoops. Seem to be pretty positive on uh, McCullough. How far away is Sawchuck from joining that rotation? Same for R. Mason Thomas. I have now asked all of the four coaches that I've talked to about the team playing well, even as the depth was tested, and everyone seemed to be pretty happy about it. I still feel like I want to learn when we get to Big 12 play or the Sooners get to a tight game. How many people are going to be in that rotation? I know it's a it's a hard question to answer right now. But you know, even even Ted Roof didn't really give a number whenever he talked about the amount of linebackers. But I mean, you're not going to be in games where you're playing seven different middle linebackers, right? So I wonder what that number looks like for Oklahoma. That would be my question at a position like defensive line. That's what I would want to that's what I would want to ask. I feel like I don't feel like I saw as much depth flexed at the safety position as I really wanted to. But then again, they played like five guys and they had like two guys that they would play at times last year. So what more do I want? What are you complaining about, Plank? But I'm curious if there is that number and if after Saturday and then after practices, if they've been impressed enough to see that number expand for certain positions. I remember Todd Bates said, I want to have six to eight DTs that play. Well, after what you saw, is there more dudes that you would add to that list? New top 25 should be out at some point this afternoon, as well as TV ratings. But we're going to kick our feet up and we're going to listen along with you to the Brent Venables press conference with Josh on Plank. The show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref at Plank Show. Here's Drake Dyken. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. On the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield, welcome to the Brent Venables press conference. From the University of Oklahoma, this is the weekly Sooner Football Press Conference with head coach Brent Venables. Today's press conference is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate, you're in good hands. The Sooners, they open the season with a dominant 73-0 win over Arkansas State on Saturday. As we continue to await head coach Brent Venables, let's hear how it sounded with Toby Rowland on the call Saturday. Stoops in motion, fake snap or fake flip, back to pass, deep shot, Gabriel, he's got Anthony, caught it at the 10! He laid out for it at the 10, and the first big play goes to the former Wolverine. Sooners in turbo mode, throw to Stoops at the 10, he's to the 5, touchdown! Drake Stoops from 10 yards out, and the Sooners strike quickly. Goes left, 25-30, splits 35, watch out, near side, 45, Freeman on the loose, he's in the 40, down the sidelines, swims by a guy, he might go, 10-5, G-Freaky, all the way to the house, Gavin Freeman, touchdown! It is a throw, near side, that's Drake, spin move, gotcha, he's to the 10, first down, dances to the 5, and he's down there, it'll be first and goal, that looked like Bob Stoops, Iowa day. (laughs) Sets up left tackle, snap. Handoff major up the middle, and he's into the end zone. Easy like Sunday morning. Marcus Major, a two-yard touchdown run. Second and ten, you got Jordan Kelly and Jonah Laulu in the middle of that defensive line. Sooner showing pressure. It is a handoff, and bam, right at the line of scrimmage. Sneed is smacked by Kip Lewis and others. Third and ten. Second and goal, Gabriel caught. Freeman turns it up. Touchdown. And he goes sliding into the cheerleaders. Second touchdown today for Gavin Freeman. Seven yards. Trout going to throw again. Swing pass. Bam. Sit down. Gentry Williams was waiting on Jacquez Cross, and he planted it. Sooners go quickly from the one. Handoff Tawee. Touchdown. Right up the gut, Tawee Walker. It is the first career touchdown for Tawee Walker. 
And it's 34-0 OU. Tempo, play action. Gabriel looks deep, far sideline. He's got Anderson, caught it to the 10, and a shoestring tackle saves a touchdown. He's got it, back to pass, looks left. Pulls it down, looks back right, dancing around in the pocket. He'll run it himself, and he's in. He found the escape hatch. Touchdown, Dylan Gabriel with his legs. Five yards. Zach Schmidt, only 12 of 18 a year ago. This is a short one. Kick is away. It's a line drive hammer, and it's good. And the Sooners are 7 for 7, scoring on every drive. They now lead 45-0. Sooners quickly. Second and goal from the one. Handoff Walker again into the end zone easily this time. Touchdown. Tawi Walker. Schmidt for the extra point try, and it's dropped. It's bobbled. He kicked it anyway. Did he make it? He did. Wow. That was one of the most exciting plays of the half right there of the game. Plaster dropped the hold and picked it back up. Schmidt had come to a complete stop. And he swung his leg at the last second and made it somehow. 13 yards. They spotted at the 21. Quick snap. Play action. Arnold looks in zone. Throws in zone for Gibson. He leaps and he caught it. He caught it. A juggling catch of the end zone by Jaden Gibson. Wow. Quarterback Shrout. Swing pass. That's the back out of the backfield. Bryant, actually one of the receivers. Physical tackle over there. Kenai Walker says he's got the ball, and he does. Kenai Walker took it away from him on the tackle. Wow. The first turnover of the day. Arnold keeps it over the right side into the end zone. Jackson Arnold on the ground, a seven-yard touchdown run. Handoff Hicks bounces it outside, sprinting to the corner, got a block, splits a defender, reaches for the end zone, touchdown. Caleb Hicks, first touchdown as a Sooner, a six-yard carry. Cedric Hawkins now in it running back. It's going to be a pass for Daly. Has time now. There's the first sack of the day. Ethan Downs got him. The pocket collapsed. 73-0, that was the final on Saturday. Quarterback Dylan Gabriel played with precision as he was 19-22 with 308 yards passing. Two passing touchdowns, one rushing as well. Sophomore receiver Gavin Freeman was named Big 12 co-special teams player of the week, thanks in large part to his 82-yard punt return for a touchdown. Freeman also added a receiving touchdown on Saturday as well. The Sooner defense was as stingy as a shutout would suggest. The Sooners allowed only 48 rushing yards on the day, never allowed a red zone possession to the Red Bulls on Saturday. Uh, We still await head coach Brent Venables for the weekly press conference, but Uh, One quick news nugget that has dropped in the last 24 hours is the week two captains have been named for the Sooners against the SMU Mustangs for this weekend. Their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, tackle Walter Rouse, center Andrew Rame, corner Woody Washington, defensive lineman Jonah Laulu for this weekend. Those are your week two captains for this weekend. As we continue to wait, head coach Brent Venables, Offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, he spoke with the media yesterday, and he actually started out by talking about his offense's tempo against Arkansas State. You know, I, I thought it was good. I felt like when we wanted to play fast and go fast, we were able to, to do so uh, with guys still having the ability to execute and play clean. And then I thought we did a nice job when we wanted to pull back a little bit, you know, and, and chew some clock, make sure we're putting our guys in good positions. So it was, uh, it was good to see kind of both ends of it. Saturday when you play a team like SMU that plays really, really fast, wants to get up and down the field. How much more? I mean, how much more important is it to really think about tempo? Yeah, we want to dictate how the game is played for sure. There's, there's no doubt about that. So, uh, we'll continue to be us. We got plenty to get better at, but uh, it'll be a heck of a challenge on Saturday. Hey Jeff, you spoke highly of Jake uh, Petaway going in preseason camp, but seeing it out there, nine catches. Is yep. that the confidence that? It'll build in him and what you'll have in him here. Going oh, forward. that was offensive coordinator Jeff Levy yesterday speaking with the media. But now we have head coach Brent Venables up to the podium. Here's the head football coach. All right. Good morning. Uh, got a really good, strong SMU team coming in here uh, this weekend. Uh, really looking forward to a, a challenge that they they uh, bring to the table. They've got it's a veteran football team. 
they've got give or take 14, 15 seniors starting on uh, defense and offense. So very experienced football team. They've done a great job uh, in just a short amount of time. Uh, no Rhett Lashley really well, and everywhere he's been, he's had great success. Uh, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball as a coordinator, and he's done a great job here in a short amount of time with uh, SMU. They've recruited well, have uh, really attacked the portal, have um, uh, excellent skill guys uh, on offense that they've uh, been able to develop and, and again, have uh, uh, recruited in the transfer portal. L.J. Johnson, um, Texas A&M running back, and uh, uh, Jalen Knighton from uh, from Miami are, are two guys in particular uh, in the backfield that are really explosive players, highly recruited guys, uh, done a great job. They've got a you know, really good depth at receiver and uh, big, long tight ends. Quarterback Preston Stone or somebody have a little bit of familiarity. Uh, had recruited him when uh, when I was at Clemson. Really um, excellent player, can run and uh, throws with great accuracy. Uh, really good, strong poise. Defense played really well for them a week ago. Uh, really got after uh, their front seven. Really got after Louisiana Tech. Had six sacks and uh, doing a lot of really good things. They're coming in here with a lot of confidence. Um, uh, kind of like us coming off of our game, and you know, great confidence from a lot of hard work that our guys have put in. And, uh, and again, it's going to be a great challenge. Five o'clock, stripe the stadium game uh, for our fans. Uh, be a, a great opportunity for us to see a different style of offense. And again, a, a really aggressive defense as we develop our team for for the season. So, uh, I'll open it up for questions. Yeah, a gentry. They were really pretty easy to recruit. He, he didn't make his decision uh, right away. He did uh, take uh, quite a bit of time uh, to uh, figure everything out. And uh, but an awesome family, great people. And I don't think he was playing any kind of games. He's very focused and driven and a committed guy. Um, in regards to a year ago, you know, it's like a lot of freshmen. He did not come in uh, at semester, so he ran track. And uh, so learning the new verbiage and things of that nature, uh, you know, there's always a transition period. But he worked really hard. Uh, he's, you know, everything I've been bragging about him, you know, he's uh, fearless and he's committed, really hardworking. He just, he had uh, some bumps and bruises through you know, a good portion of camp. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can maintain uh, good health for the season. He's got a tremendous future. Uh, nowhere close to where, you know, we feel like he's going to be. He has tremendous ceiling. Uh, played everywhere in high school. Uh, so it uh, wasn't like he came out of uh, his mama's womb as a, as a corner. You know, he's a great athlete that, again, they used him everywhere at Booker T. Uh, which is a credit to him and his instincts. But what I loved about him out of high school, he was as a uh, as a skinnier athlete. You know, he really tackled aggressively. Uh, they played him at some linebacker at, in some games, and uh, and he played with a go for broke attitude there. So he's had the same mindset when he's been healthy here, uh, and he is a sponge, really smart, takes great pride in in his work. Channel Miner, Kyle Ashback here. When asked about your, what's your injury situation uh, this week, specifically Drake, uh, Dasan, and, and Davis? Yeah, don't know anything um, different um, uh, today. Don't have any idea uh, whether or not those guys will be available. Uh, Dasan, uh, we worried initially it might be a, a high sprain component. Doesn't look like that's the case at all. And, uh, and it, Drake was ready to go back in the game uh, on Saturday. Did you say Davis? Davis yeah, um, yeah, he might be uh, another week or so. He's it's really uh, the issue for him is uh, ankle sprain, uh, probably a high component there. Uh, 
Jaden Gibson had a couple really competitive uh, catches on Saturday. He talked about how much of a difficult year it was last year for him, true freshman coming in, highly regarded. What did you see him do that set him up to be able to have, you know, some moments like he did on Saturday? I'm sure moments you wanted to continue to have in games. Just maturing, you know, his perspective changed. Uh, a lot of nurturing uh, by a lot of people and. Uh, you know, he needed, he'd be the first one to tell you he had to grow up, you know, just how you show up every day consistently and, you know, compete and be a great teammate and take coaching and uh, put your nose in a playbook and, uh, you know, get out of your own way. Uh, and uh, really proud of the progress that he's made and, again, the, the the maturity that you're seeing every day from him. Uh, having some su success is good for everybody. Uh, you know, from an affirmation standpoint, doing, you know, what we ask him to do. And, uh, but he's really uh, um, had a great transformation, you know, in the last six months. Yeah, Brent, kind of a off the field question for you. Uh, there's been a lot made about game day atmosphere, and I know you guys moved the Walk of Champions down Lindsay Street. I'm just wondering, what are your impressions of the game day atmosphere on Saturday, and how much does that actually play into whether it's recruiting or, or just the game in general? Well, I, having a good game day atmosphere makes a big impression. You know, uh, most young men wanna, they want to play in, a, in a, uh, an intense, passionate environment, and they're paying attention to everything. So. Uh, once we got into the stadium, it was fantastic. There's a, a good group of people uh, that are always excited and eager to, to welcome us. And uh, but it, everything does matter. Those recruits travel around the country. We're not recruiting against, you know, a, a mid a Mid America conference. You know, we're recruiting against the best of the best. And so, uh, uh, you know, that's always a perspective that a recruit's going to bring to the table. Stuff you mentioned, R. Mason Thomas and Gavin Sawchuk after the game. Is it still yeah, they're available? They're available. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. SMU's offensive line pretty experienced at a couple of spots. What kind of different challenge is that going to provide for you this week, specifically with the pass rush going up against Say, I'm the sorry. SMU offensive line? Yeah, and what about them? Their veteran group. What kind yeah. of different challenge is that going to provide for the pass well, rush? Well, again, they've seen a lot. You know, uh, we're not trying to trick anybody. Uh, you know, but they're going to have a tough mind mindset to them and uh, they're going to be excited to come compete and you know uh, we're not going to sneak up on anybody so uh, it'll be a group of guys that again played a lot of ball seen a lot of stuff and and uh, they want to make a name for themselves so I expect their best but I expect our guys best as well couple of times they got loose and the defensive guys rallied made the tackle and then stoned them and then you know, they missed field goals Talk about your pursuit of this game defensively, and what did you think about it? Is it you thought it should be? Yeah, I mean, we get get to the ball, you know, cover to the whistle. Uh, thought it was, you know, thought it was good. Uh, you know, thought uh, the one time we had a uh, we had a bust and Billy uh, ran a guy down. I thought that was a you know a great effort play on his uh, behalf. But uh, thought our pursuit was good, you know, turning and chasing, running the ball. Uh, we had very, very few loafs, and you always want more. You always want better, and uh, it shouldn't uh, matter who you're playing. It's how you play uh, that matters, and uh, you want to have great habits. So, um, when there's opportunity, which there were, there were uh, an opportunity to teach and coach and uh, reinforce, uh, demand uh, even better. You know, we certainly will uh, take advantage of those opportunities. We got to see the competitive depth. You guys had 87 guys play on, on Saturday, but these next few weeks, you know, game re uh, practice reps are limited, game reps become limited. How do you begin to kind of cull that competitive depth to where you need it to become a you know, big 12 play? Yeah, I mean, guys that you know we feel are, are uh, guys that can give us quality reps are in our, our three deep, and you know, they're repping you know during the course of the week like normal. Last week we didn't have more opportunity to rep more guys during 
the week, it's the same amount of guys. You know, there's several guys that played in the game that didn't take one snap of scout work uh, as far as being able to see what the opponent's going to do. They just applied their rules and whatnot. So if that's a guy like Sammy, I'm going to see he, he's down with the offense all week, you know, giving him a scout team look. And then we threw him in the game. He did pretty good. And uh, But there were several guys like that, you know, that did actually play. And uh, But you're true two and a half deep, I would say, that are down there with you. Uh, you know, you're always, you know, conscious of, you know, how you rep guys during the week and getting them ready. I don't see that necessarily changing. Uh, is it going to be 87? I don't know. Uh, I, I think that developing your team and developing depth is an ongoing thing that we've got to all be very conscious of. And, uh, you know, regardless of what the next few weeks looks like, I think it's important that we continue to develop our team. Yeah, Brent, PJ saw some time in the second half. Was he healthy all throughout camp? And how pleased have you been with the way that he's developed since camp started? Yeah, he came into camp a little bit banged up, but um, so, uh, but I've been really excited about where he is and where he's going, uh, what he brings to the table, and uh, my expectation he, he'll continue to uh, uh, enhance his role uh, as the season goes on. Brent, the defense played 51 snaps on Saturday. The offense played 90. Maybe just how important was that in terms of establishing that foundation of complementary football and how important is that going into Saturday against an SMU team that plays really, really fast? Yeah, I mean, that's what's what you want. Uh, offense wants to stay on the field. Defense wants to get off the field. And, uh, I mean, it's always important. And all the stats are going to align with the things that you desire when that's the case. So, you know, the challenge is going to be uh, greater this week uh, for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at a team that's probably got more depth and they certainly got more experience. Arkansas State was a very young team. This is a team that, as I said, I think it's maybe 15 seniors. Uh, starting between the offense and the defense. That's a bunch of seniors. And, uh, uh, you know, senior teams play with maturity. Uh, usually they play with um, a different level of confidence. You know, their fundamentals are usually better. The moments aren't too big. So, um, but we got a, a good group of seniors as well. And um, my expectation is we continue to push and strive and hopefully execute to where we're continue to complement one another. You know, for us to have the kind of season uh, that we desire, that's it's going to take that. Coach, uh, cheetah position is uh, really important for you and your defense. It looks like that might be a really strong position, uh, assuming Desan is back. Uh, how did Justin play because he got most of the snaps? Uh, how have those guys grayed out? Yeah, they graded good. Uh, winning grades and uh, Again, there's a gazillion things you want those guys, all of the guys, to to be better at. You know, whether it's eyes or alignments or fundamentals or man technique or zone technique. Uh, you know, the process pre-snap. There's a lot, but uh, it's a good start. And you know, I expect a stronger finish. Uh, Peyton looked like a couple of strong tackles. Is he a guy that might uh, be involved more in the cheetah position? How does that work? Yeah, no, he can play uh, lots of spots, and he's he's repped that plenty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's repped it plenty. Brent, regarding your portal philosophy, is that something that did, did it take a little bit of? Trial and error to come to a final decision on how you'd recruit it, how you use it. Does it change based on? You yeah, make it it changes or? based on your yeah your needs and maybe what you thought at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, uh, things reveal themselves and maybe you're somewhere else. But you have a, an inkling with guys graduating where young people are. Uh, you know what an immediate need where you can bring a guy in that you feel like can make a difference and. Uh, you know, you know, you have to have if you what the portal allows you to do it. It you can enhance a position when you have 
sudden departures, whether that's through the uh, that, that leave on their own or that maybe um, you've got a bunch of guys at one position graduating or that declare early for the draft, uh, it allows you to um, where you feel like it, you might you don't have as many questions answered. Maybe you can bring in a guy that, that is more of a safety valve, uh, if you will. But the biggest, I think the biggest impact is, you know, what we know is where somebody can come at a position of need and make it better immediately. So... It all depends on where your roster is and what type of guys that you're able to recruit out of high school. And, um, you know, where we have been the, the first couple of years is, to me, my vision is it'll be um, uh, not as much, you know, but it's still going to be, I'm not naive. I know how with the fluidity of players being able to, to leave, you've got to maximize, uh, you know, when you feel like you need to, you know, the, the opportunity to recruit in the free agent market. We'll go far right, second row, Justin. Right. Y'all quite spoke yesterday about how he really prides himself in studying the playbook, studying the film and whatnot. From your perspective, <coughs> what have you seen out of him in terms of his preparation that allowed him to have a game like he did this past Saturday? Yeah, it's just he's mature, really intelligent. He's got a high football IQ. He's got a motor, loves to practice, loves to work, super coachable. Uh, he's a football player. He literally could come and play DB you know, tomorrow for us. Uh, but lots to really like about him. He's incredibly talented, but he's got all the, all the other stuff, though, too, uh, the intangibles, the humility, uh, again, uh, the intelligence, the toughness, really tough guy. Brent, wanted to ask you about uh, Calvin Thibodeau coming back this week as SMU's defensive line coach. What's your relationship like with him? And did you consider keeping him on staff when you got here? Or did you know pretty quickly that Coach Bates was going to be ready? To yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I was just upfront and honest. Uh, love Calvin and uh, appreciate everything he did uh, here as a Sooner. He's always a Sooner, great Sooner. Uh, I let him know uh, immediately that. Uh, I'm certainly would consider, but I've, I've got a, um, uh, you know, I've offered the job, you know, to uh, to someone else, and I'm gonna give him an opportunity to take it uh, before I, you know, move forward. What is it about him that you really appreciated from when he played for you and also played for you, and also just your interaction? Yeah, he's just always great. ready. He had a, you know, he valued his role. Uh, he was always ready. A great teammate. Practice hard. Um, made plays within the system, smart guy. Uh, just, you know, enjoy to coach. Okay, let's go third row, Clint. Yeah, Coach, you've had a little bit more of an opportunity to look at the run game uh, since Saturday. Uh, how do you feel about the offensive line and the backs? Our offensive line and backs, um, I loved, again, they, they played with great passion and Intensity. If we we had just as a football team in the offensive line, you know, if you could say they led the way, uh, they had a sense of desperation to them. You know, great focused, uh, great focused intensity about them, and uh, they were precise and finished a lot. Finished the plays as a unit. You know, uh, for four quarters, uh, was pleased with uh, what we saw, even through air and all that. You know, just the effort and the physicality, uh, and again the. You know, maturity, the sense of desperation was there. That's how you got to play the game. I mean, the game will honor you when you have that kind of a mindset and that kind of an attitude. Okay, uh, very back, far right, Randall. Kind of talked about some of the skill position players that SMU has. In week one, they hit a few, you know, really big, uh, deep touchdowns. What does your defense has to neutral has to do to neutralize some of those plays? Yeah, you got to play with good fundamentals. You got to understand the calls. You got to understand. Splits, you got to understand uh, situation, uh, and then you got to apply, you know, the knowledge. You know, wisdom is the application of knowledge. So we give them the knowledge during the week, and and then in all those situations when they're out there on the field on their own, they need to apply it. And uh, you know, so uh, nothing more than that. You know, of course, again, there's nothing easy about what I just said. Uh, you know. So there's got to be a great process pre-snap, and then uh, you know post-snap they've got to do a great job at finishing plays. The ball's going to be in the air. They're going to pull up on their bus, and they're going to launch that football down the field. And and our guys have got to do a great job of you know straining you know on the finish of of routes. Stay in the way back, Parker. 
Yeah, Coach, for a guy like uh, Cade McIntyre, who came in not having played a whole lot of tight end, to play as many snaps as he did in week one and have a nice catch and run, how did you feel about the way he performed? Great. You know, again, another summer enrollee. He's uh, a good football player. Good football players, they transition quick. Uh, it's not to say that uh, he, he's ready to be first team all Big 12, but just the football doesn't overwhelm them. And, uh, you know, once they understand the language and how it applies to them, you know, they, they transition pretty quick. But he's a, a great athlete. Again, a guy that we sincerely told him he can choose what you want to play linebacker, you want to play. Uh, tight end, and he felt like he could transition maybe a little more quickly to tight end, even though he didn't have a great depth of experience. Uh, and but he's again a tough guy, hardworking dude, loves the weight room, uh, is in great condition, super smart, uh, really coachable. Uh, he's got a great future. Yeah, about Dylan. Um, every year he's played college football. Prior to this one, his numbers have been remarkably similar. But Saturday, he was maybe more accurate than I've ever seen. It, did he come back different, better, or did he just have a lot of time you know, Saturday? I think it's probably a little combination of the both, but I, I would say the latter uh, or the, uh, the former first. Just uh, I think that you know, you're seeing the best version of him. He's, the game is, uh, he's been a highly productive player. Um, he'd probably be the first to tell you that uh, another off season, another you know off season of film study and uh, and the work that he's put in, uh, how he watches video and looks at an opponent, and you know the pre and the post snap you know diagnosis has probably slowed down you know incredibly uh, strong form. So uh, I would say it's all those things, and uh, and then again I think it's. The group of players around him uh, are another, it's not all of them, but he's got a great group that uh, are another year in the system. So they're better at what they're doing too. So everybody's on that proverbial same page. What have you seen him bring to this team as he's come in? Uh, obviously, just a one-year guy. What have you seen him bring personality? This is a servant attitude um, for a guy that's as experienced as uh, as he is. He he doesn't he he didn't show up here uh, with a know-it-all attitude. Uh, he wanted to come here and be challenged. Um, so his maturity beyond his years, even for a uh, whatever he is, is a fourth-year guy, a fifth-year guy. Uh, fourth year guy. I don't know if he's fourth or fifth year. Yeah. I think he played in fifth year, but uh, but he came here for all the right reasons. You know, said, "Okay, I'm not where I want to be. Oklahoma's going to get me a different type of challenge, different uh, level of play, maybe, but as much as anything, the challenge and development. You know, both from uh, Coach Beatenbow and Jerry Schmidt. But what a what a fun teammate. You know, what y'all." experience that's who everybody experiences and you know as opposed to the guy that's played a lot and he comes in here and you know he in love with himself you know Walter's not like that he's confident but he's incredibly humble and and then he's he's about the work he loves to work and players that's how he immediately earned respect of his teammates you know uh, you know he's willing to listen you know you get two years and one mouth and you know uh, he, he understands what that is all about, and uh, uh, he's really worked on his craft and, and again, developing relationships. He's a relational guy, and, and uh, so he's fit right in. He's a, he's a pig in the mud. Yeah, Brent, you spent 10 years in the ACC. Mm -hmm. You're about to play a team, a program that's going to the ACC. Mm -hmm. Does that freak you out when you start thinking about Everywhere everybody's at and where everybody's going, and you no. just like Gundy yesterday gave us a shtick about he couldn't remember who he's playing this year. So, does it? Do you ever get off rails? Or are you able to just tunnel in and we're playing SMU, and I don't know where I don't care where they're going or where I mean, they're coming from. I mean, I pay. I love college football. I know I've said that before. I love college football. I love stories. I love people. I love uh, coaches. I love history. Um, 
I don't, I just think that's part of, you know, where things are going. We know where it's headed. And so that's just part of it. So I don't really have, I, th- you know, I said, well, they'll do just fine in the ACC. Uh, SMU's, you know, they got a lot of positive things that will uh, enable them to transition uh, pretty smoothly. And then again, in the big picture, uh, be able to, you know, compete at a really high level, you know, from a location standpoint and uh, commitment to facilities. Uh, but other than that, you know, I look at the DNA of an opponent. It's kind of nameless and faceless other than that. And uh, but I do pay attention. I don't have my head in the sand, uh, and I can't say that, oh, that stuff doesn't matter. Uh, when it comes to getting ready for a game, it doesn't matter. But when it comes to, you know, my love and appreciation for, you know, what this sport has meant to so many people, including myself, uh, it does matter. But, you know, I don't have any kind of strong feelings one way or the other. Your pass rush is going to be a key. What did you think about your pass rush, and what do you think about it coming into this game? Yeah, I think it'll be tested in a different way. Again, this uh, again we saw 50 plays, uh, so we didn't uh, when we saw you know a handful of you know third and medium or short, and so you know the ball's coming out quick or they're running the football. Uh, they ran on one of the third and longs. Uh, Arkansas State did, and then. Uh, and then another third and long, uh, we had a bust, and uh, so really didn't give him a chance there. The quarterback literally caught it and threw it, you know, in about 1.5 seconds. And then I think you saw, you know, most of the other day, you know, very little drop back. It's three step and uh, seven and eight man protections, and then the RPO. So it's hard, you know. I just look at disruptiveness and consistency, being where we're supposed to be playing with good pad level, striking people, uh, knocking people backwards, and it's pretty good, you know. A uh, good start, nothing to beat our chest about, and you know, again, I didn't expect them to come out and look like the, you know, uh, you know, the '85 Bears day one either, you know, uh, but. I didn't leave the field or after watching the film, you know, uh, in disgust either. You know, feel pretty good and uh, know that we got to get better. Or follow up, Brett. Sorry about that. Um, are you surprised at all the impact it's had on the games already? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, look, no, I'm not. Again, uh, I don't know if it's been the portal or not. Maybe it is. Maybe there's there's all kinds of great stories out there. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. If it's going to create parity, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. The only part that I don't love is is that we're again we give young people no reason to pause, and as we know, we are all we've all been an emotional and uh, out of whack, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old and impulsive by nature, uh, young people uh, are. And uh, we, you know, I would love to incentivize, you know, all of it, but it sounds self-serving. And look, it's benefited us. I'm just saying, just I'm coming at it from a a dad and and, uh, somebody that, you know, believes wholeheartedly in uh, in loyalty and in building something and uh, sticking through some tough moments, and that's not a bad thing to uh, to stick around and, and figure things out. And uh, there's always exceptions, but uh, I don't know. I kind of like it. You know, I won't like it when uh, it, it hurts the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, you can't uh, you can't blame me. Uh, but I don't know. It's exciting. You know, who, who doesn't like March Madness, right? Everybody loves March March Madness for all the obvious reasons, but. You know, that's just, I'm, it really doesn't matter how I feel uh, at the end of the day because I'm not changing it. And nobody that makes decisions have asked me, hey, what do you think, Coach Venables? So uh, I just I just believe in being attached to something, you know, like for the rest of your life, intimately attaching yourself to a group of people, to a place that you can call home. I, I believe in that from a collegiate uh experience and um so i think you're giving that up and you don't know what you don't know as a you know 18 19 20 year old just i'm coming to you uh from a 52 year old perspective that's lived a little bit of life and uh 
and what I can appreciate about being an alumni, uh, you know, uh, of somewhere. And, or again, just being maybe even from a career standpoint, you know, I haven't worn many hats and uh, I feel I feel very connected to people and places at the couple of places that I've been um, that it comes from, a you know, from a place of genuineness and, and uh, being loyal to where your feet are. Thanks. Yep. Thank you, Coach. All right. Thank Appreciate you. everybody. Y'all have a great week.